All right, so we're all now on the panic attack with Big John. And as goes, let me get the cigar lit. Yesterday, for people that listen to the podcast, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I thought the Senate passed um, the uh, relief. Act Relief and Stimulus Act. They actually passed uh, the bill for paid medical leave and family medical leave for people who do not have sick time with their employer. But uh, let me play a little clip from uh, Senate Leader Mitch McConnell, and I think. Um, Dirtbag Chuck Schumer is in this clip, too. Maybe a little hard to hear on YouTube, but I'm going to break it down after we listen to them. All right. The American people need help, and they need it fast. This will deliver it. Senate Republicans want to put cash in the hands of the American people. Chairman Grassley and a number of our colleagues are finalizing a structure that will get assistance to individuals and families as rapidly as possible. It is critical that we move swiftly and boldly to begin to stabilize our economy, preserve Americans' jobs, get money to workers and families, and keep up our fight on the health front. That is exactly, exactly what our proposal will do. We are Here comes ready and dirtbag Schumer to look at what Republicans have put together and to work with them. But we believe but. that whatever proposal emerges, and it will be bipartisan, that it must be a workers first proposal. Phase three must include a massive infusion of resources for our health care system, for hospitals. They're already doing that. Supplies. America needs a Marshall Plan for public health and public health infrastructure. Trump already did. In coming together as quickly as we can. So time is of the essence. Let us come together construct and pass this bill as soon as we possibly can. Okay, so I was being a little hard on Chuck Schumer because he's a douchebag. But um, Republicans and Democrats are working together uh, like not ever before. Never before. They um, are doing things bipartisan, which is good. Uh, the president's team negotiated 
yesterday's bill for family medical leave and sick leave for uh, workers that don't have that at their at their employment already. Alright, sorry about that. Another video starting to play. I don't care about the history of hip hop. X out. Alright, sorry about that. <laughs> so, um, another video started to play immediately after the clip I just played. So, Mitch McConnell's plan proposes $1,200 for individuals. And... That's twelve hundred and two thousand four hundred for couples, and then if you have children, it can go up five hundred dollars per child. Uh, this will be a right now a well two they say one time, but they're actually saying two times. What it'll be on April sixth or early April. And then again on March or May 18th was the other date. Now, people that have incomes too low to report, like your senior citizens that maybe are retired and pick up a second job, like a substitute teacher, they will get $600. So... Uh, if you're retired, you've got income coming in. It may be a matter of living within your means or something of that nature. But again, this is no no time. See, the government is responsible here. They put us out of work. Some Republicans and some conservatives are saying, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't be bailing people out." Well. Uh, those same people were against the bank bailouts, the auto bailout, the airline bailout. So they're not changing their stories, but the government shut us down. They shut down waitresses, bartenders, people in the, quote, gig economy are hurt by this because, you know, like Uber drivers and Lyft drivers... They go out on Saturday nights and run people to and from bars to keep them from getting behind the wheel and can make three, four, six hundred dollars on a Saturday night. And so those people are being hurt by this. Okay, waitresses, bartenders, uh, anyone in the service industry except for a grocery store clerk uh, or a Walmart you know, employee or some, someone like that, someone that sells toilet paper, they're doing well. But everything else is being shut down. Um, so, you know, factories are being hurt because workers are, employees are being hurt by uh, the virus. You know, they may have to stay home with a child who's off school for the next few months. Um uh, some schools, it's rumored, are going to close through the end of the year because there's only 
April and May left in the school year by the time that they get back. That's if they go back uh, at the end of this uh, Ohio, it's a three-week school moratorium. Now, um, I live near, near a basketball, a, a park, a public park. Now, I don't see a lot of people, a lot of kids in the public park. So, a lot of folks are heeding the social distancing warning. However, you have tens of thousands of college kids right now in Florida on beaches. And I don't know how that worked because when I went on spring break, yeah, I mean, we went to the beach during the day, but at night we went to the bars. Well, I, I thought, I would think Florida, like most other places, would have closed its bars right now. I don't know. Let's Google and see. Um, did Florida close bars and restaurants? So I get a bunch of <laughs> advertise. First thing that comes up, a bunch of advertisements for restaurants and bars. News about did Florida. Yeah, Florida governor directs bars to close and restaurants to limit capacity. So unless all the spring break bars are disguising themselves as restaurants, uh, there's, no, there's no place for spring breakers to go. Um, see here, Tuesday, Governor DeSantis, restaurants in Florida will be able to stay open, but only be a lot open, but only be allowed to fill to half capacity and all tables must be six feet apart. Um, well, nonetheless, there's thousands of kids in Florida right now, early twenties, when we all thought we were indestructible. And that's cool. That's part of youth. Um, are in Florida partying it up. And um, one silly thing. The CDC told nurses if you run out of respirator masks. I should call them respirators. There's uh, safety masks that doctors wear. To use bandanas as an alternative and I guess it would have the same qualities but it, that was kind of stupid because every press conference Trump talks about how they're ordering more and more masks and uh, they have now changed the rule where the medical masks don't have to be made by a medical mask company they can be made by the same company and distributed to the hospitals as the companies that make uh, these masks for industrial use, like uh, construction and power plant, uh, places where there's a lot of dust flying in the air. So the masks are getting out there. They're ordering them. 
they're not in short supply right now. And of course, the, the virus epidemic has not reached its peak in the United States either. So this idea that the uh, epidemic could last into the summer in the United States, that's saying that you know it should peak here in a, a month or two. And then it's going to start its decline and then taper off during the summer months. Now, this is a matter of, you know, it, if we all do what the government is asking us to do, and it looks like most Americans are doing that. So, with the exception of some youngins. But um, they also, yesterday, I quoted a, a British website, um, medsource.com. They said that hydro, hydroxychlorine, chloroquine is not a valid thing for fighting the coronavirus. It's turned out it is, um, and the FDA is testing that as well as other drugs to see if they are able to um, uh, get this virus under control. So the FDA is going to speed through testing and red tape and possibly be able to approve this uh, medicine for treatment of the coronavirus in a few months when usually it might take a few years. Um, so that was that's good that that's not fake news. Now, um, Trump and company have done a lot to cut down red tape. He took a, a lot of credit for, you know, the slow spread of this illness in the United States. Um, as he always does. Um, he's very upset with China because, and it's coming clear why he's calling this the China uh, coronavirus or the China virus. He's pissed off because one, the media is blaming every, all of it on him. And he pointed out, you know, when he cut off air travel from China many uh, in month of January when he first got credible sources that said there's something going on in China and it's really bad. He cut the air travel from China off. And so they called him racist for doing that. But the thing of it is this virus spread rapidly around the world because the Chai Khan government, Chinese communist government, kept it under wraps. And they actually arrested the first doctor who tried to warn the world on social media and YouTube that there's a very bad virus going on in the Wuhan province. And the media, every news network you see, when this first came along, 
we're calling it the Wuhan virus. And I can, just little clicks in my mind because I don't watch mainstream media. I, I wait, when I see breaking news, I research it myself and try to find out all I can about what the subject is from different points of view. And so I went, well, wait a minute. They're, they were talking about a Wuhan virus a minute ago. Now they're talking about something called a coronavirus coming from China. And I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. They just changed the name of it. Uh, and so the media is now criticizing Donald Trump for doing what they did. They called it the Wuhan virus because it came from Wuhan, China. And now Trump's calling it the China virus because I think it's because China was not forthright and didn't give as much information until it became pandemic and they had no other choice. So had China been transparent, which communist governments never are, so why would you expect them to be transparent now? But if they had been transparent and shared their information with the rest of us, the whole world could have came into China with our more advanced medicine and more advanced doctors and scientists and help them curb it and isolate it to China. But China didn't want, want to do that. So I think that's the reason Donald Trump is calling this the China virus because it originated in China and it's China's fault that it's spread to the rest of the world, not Donald Trump's fault that it's uh, in a in a minuscule amount in the United States. Now, like I said, I know we have not reached the peak of this in the United States. Donald Trump knows that. Uh, as I was watching his press conference today, I did see that the Dow stock market, whatever you want to call it, was coming back up. Uh, it's at 20,000. So when Trump took office, uh, the stock market was at 18,000. And then, of course, you know, it's been in the 30,000s uh, prior to this outbreak. And then it's dropped off sharply today. It rebounded some. Uh, that, that's enough talk about coronavirus. Let's talk something else. Um, you got... Let me end the YouTube session and start over. All right, so we're going back on YouTube with the panic attack and Big John. We're going to talk some NFL football right after you hit like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Google, um, what's it called? Google something. I don't know. Google Podcasts or Anchor. You can share this podcast and subscribe to it. And uh, hopefully I'll make some money. So, <laughs> okay. So the, the biggest big, big, big news in the National Football League is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have signed Tom Brady. Whoa. 
Now, the Buccaneers had um, Jameis Winston and uh, Fitzgerald at quarterback. Uh, for a while, they were calling him Fitzmagic. And then they played a few real football teams, and the Fitzmagic went away. And they went back to Jameis Winston. But they, um, the Buccaneers have signed Tom Brady. Now... Now, we will find out if Tom Brady is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, or if he was a product of Bill Belichick's system. Bill Belichick is known as the evil genius of the NFL. Uh, as you know, every time Tom Brady got hurt, uh, the backup quarterback became a star and then became a huge ticket item in free agency. Uh, now, San Francisco has uh, Garoppolo, Jimmy G, and Cigar Break, sorry. Jimmy G has quite... A number of weapons in Frisco but Frisco also had the best running game in football last year um, it was running back by committee but they were good and they had an awesome defense not awesome enough to stop Not awesome enough to stop Patrick Mahomes, but pretty good. They were close to winning the Super Bowl. Uh, the Niners were good last year. And so, but Jimmy G was fantabulous with the, uh, the Patriots. Now, it's interesting to see what happens with the Patriots quarterback uh, this year. Now, um... The one thing that disappointed me in free agency was the Indianapolis Colts signed um, Philip Rivers, I think. Was it Philip Rivers? Hold on. They signed a big-name quarterback. Jacoby, yeah, they signed Phillip Rivers, who's a great quarterback uh, and a great human being. Uh, as a Raiders fan, I've been taught to hate him over the years, but I'm a little disappointed in the fact that they're not sticking with Jacoby Brissett. Pardon me. got the... Burks. Um, Brissett came in after Andrew Luck said, screw it, I give up. He was another New England quarterback that looked outstanding in the wake of a Tom Brady injury. And then 
the Pats got rid of him. Probably because Tom Brady saw him as a threat. And Brady uh, is best buds with the Patriots owner. So, Brissett went to Indianapolis. Well, you know, he did good last year. He wasn't a bad quarterback for Indianapolis at all. Uh, his first year there was tumultuous because it was kind of just thrown in there while Andrew Luck was out hurt. But I thought Jacoby Brissett uh, should have had a little more respect from the Indianapolis Colts. Another uh, thing that surprised me in NFL free agency, uh, he has not been picked up yet, but it's rumored that Todd Gurley could also be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Now, if Tom Brady really is the greatest quarterback of all time, the GOAT, uh, and you put a running back with him like Todd Gurley, and Gurley stays healthy, Tampa Bay does have a good wide receiver core, possibly better than that in New England. Because New England relied on uh, like big tight ends that were a mismatch. And then these little uh, kind of scuttlebutt wide receivers that could get open and in space. And then, you know, sometimes make a big play. Uh, so, but Tampa Bay has receivers who can take the top off of defense. They have a wide receiver that can uh, be like the possession receiver and go catch the high balls, catch the ball in traffic, and they have a pretty good tight end. Their weakness was quarterback. So if Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, Tampa Bay then signs uh, Todd Gurley, who I think is you know a top five NFL running back. He's always, you know, in the top of the fantasy football uh, stats. Uh, he's one of my go-to fantasy football players every year since he's been in the league and been healthy. Uh, the problem is healthy. So if Gurley and Brady are this good in Tampa Bay with what they already have, Tampa Bay is now... Uh, you know, an NFC title game contender and an outside shot at the Super Bowl. And so that was, uh, that could be something very interesting in this year's NFL. You have uh, over 40 year old Tom Brady, his arms getting weaker. He's not able to make the long cross field uh, throws, the difficult throws he was making a few years ago. But he was—he is still, you know, a student of the game, and quite an NFL genius himself. I think he should end up as an NFL coach at some point, um, an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach and a, a head coach maybe ultimately. So let's see where Todd Gurley goes. Um, the Rams, all, Rams release a lot of good players. They released uh, Clay Matthews, who's kind of later in his career right now. So 
you know, that's a little bit understandable. The Oakland, or the, it's get, it's hard to get used to saying Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, need to do some things in free agency. And they have uh, two or three first round draft picks. They need to get a wide receiver in free agency that can take the top off a of defense. And they need to get a wide receiver in the draft who is in the same uh, kind of league. Now, they have Hunter Renfro, who's a possession receiver. Um, he can catch the intermediate routes and turn them into a big play. They have a good tight end in Waller, who can make mismatches and line up like a wide receiver. And he can make the big, you know, uh, high ball, high spot catches in the end zone. And then they have um, Winthrow, another tight end who's a little more of a blocker, but he can catch as well. And then they go out and sign Jason Witten. The only logic I see behind this is, you know, Witten, he's, he still caught some catch, uh, blah, 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 catches, touchdown catches for the Cowboys last year. Uh, and Witten could bring uh, experience and teach those two younger tight ends because Witten was a tight end who did it all. He did everything. He blocked. Uh, he could, you know, stay in on pass protection if there was a blitz. He could block for the run. And, and so he can help uh, win through whatever his name is with his uh, route running and catching in the end zone. Catching the big play, the first down uh, catches that tight ends need to make in like a third and five situation. And he can help Waller with his blocking. So I think he's maybe more like an on-field coach for tight ends uh, in the Raiders' eyes. So that kind of surprised me why they're signing a, uh, a a tight end who's who retired and then unretired and is in the twilight beyond the twilight of his career. But I think he's going to be like an on-field coach to these younger tight ends and probably play sparingly. Maybe you know John Gruden will put him in there. Um, 10 or you know 15 plays a game when they need uh, someone that knows how to get open. There's a, a thing in the NFL where you just, you know, some receivers have it and some don't. Some just know how to get open. Hunter Renfro is one of those receivers with the Las Vegas Raiders that he just knows how to get open. John Gruden at first didn't like him because his routes weren't crisp and precise, and that delayed his uh, it delayed Renfro's playing time. But once people told Gruden to shut the hell up and play this guy because he can get open, 
then you saw Renfro start to get more and more receptions and more playing time. Um, last year, a year and a half, Derek Carr has had no one to throw to. Tyrell Williams is a great wide receiver, or a good wide receiver. I wouldn't put him in the great category. But he's like a possession receiver. You know, I don't think he's as fast as the Raiders thought he was. But he's a good wide receiver. So you put him up there with other receivers, like a rookie that is a speedster with good hands. I heard that the Raiders have their eyes on this guy from Alabama. And then I heard that they have their eyes on a free agent wide receiver from the Jets. You give give Derek Carr some weapons to throw to, like he had a few years ago when uh, he had Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, and he was an MVP candidate until he broke his leg. Uh, you know, I mean, Derek Carr plays tough. He played with a broken bone in his back. You know, he's got all the right tools. And he's like a, a step above a game manager quarterback. He's not a game manager. I think... Once things settle in with the Las Vegas Raiders, with the young running back they have, and uh, they have a few running backs that are good. They have a fullback that is good. Uh, you're going to see them start to overtake the AFC West. And that's going to be hard with Patrick Mahomes and what he can do in... Kansas City um, because he has a great receiving core great running backs and they have a great franchise in Kansas City but Denver's you know not that great anymore their defense is getting old quickly um, the Chargers I don't know what they're going to do in the post Phillip Rivers era so uh, the Chargers do have a great running back, though. Uh, so, we'll see where the Raiders go next year. But I think they're going to be mucho improved. They need to improve at linebacker. Uh, I don't know why they got rid of Conley, a shutdown, a shutdown corner. But they saw something the rest of us didn't, I guess. So... That ends this episode of The Panic Attack with Big John. Remember to share this podcast, share this video, um, hit like, and uh, let your friends know. There's a new, new big dog out here in the podcast YouTube land. Big John. See you guys later. Good night. God bless you and pray for one another.